I am super excited to announce that we now have a formal partnership with the Prospect Wizard. And when I say wizard, I mean wizard. Obviously, you have a website. This allows you to convert your website traffic visitors directly into leads. It's not just another chatbot, and it's not AI, but it allows a visitor to call, text, or leave a voicemail. Immediately goes to you, your sales team, or anyone else in the club instantly. MIT shows a study that if you contact the lead within 10 minutes, chance of them converting goes up nine times that of the average. We got the Atlanta clubs on it, Vita Fitness, Gold's Gym, Mountainside, City Fitness, Philly, College Park, become one of the next Halo companies to deploy the wizard. It's easy to use. Go to theprospectwizard.com, get a free 30-day trial. Talk to my boy, Dave Gallon. He will get you all set up and let the leads flow based on the wizard. Go get them. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of bringing an entrepreneur from the tri-state area who is reinventing the peanut space. We are going to talk about being nuts as an entrepreneur, and we've got Dixie here for us to tell us the story. So welcome to your first Halo Talks. Hey, thank you so much, Pete, for having me. Thank you so much, David, for having me. I appreciate it. This is wonderful. Awesome. So, you know, the Halo sector is all about, you know, living a better lifestyle. Um, obviously, fried foods and uh, serving sizes on trail mix seems to have a problem with people's uh, consumption levels. That's somebody else we're going to go after in the future with the uh, with serving size, you know, in a bag of eat that uh, necessarily isn't good for you if you finish the whole bag or a peanuts right. that are uh, M&Ms that have sharing, but you're not right. sharing them with anyone. Um, so <laughs> talk, us, uh, talk about your background, how you got into this, what you did before. And, uh, you know, I'll ping you on some uh, entrepreneurial pivot questions on, you know, when you reach certain points, what'd you do? Okay. So my name is Dixie Grace um, and I'm a native New Yorker, born and raised in New York City, though I did have a stint um, in California where I did a little pageant modeling and stuff. And, you know, daughter of a single parent, you know, my mom raised me all by herself. And I come from a line of entrepreneurs. My grandmother had beauty salons out in Long Island. My mom has always been an entrepreneur. She sold everything from diamonds to drug taxes. So it was always just kind of in us. And I, but I went the other way and I became a planning engineer. So I built buildings and highways. I worked for companies like Boeing and General Electric. I lived in Qatar for a while, working on oh, wow. Qatar Rail. Um, and, you know, I'm, and, and, and I found that... Um, the, the title is engineering, but it's really project management if I would just roll it down, right? So I had no desire or dream, didn't even think I was going to boil a peanut, didn't even, you know, I have a nice career. You know, I've had a nice, pretty nice, you know, run. And um, I took a trip to South, in, in, I, took, I took a trip to South Carolina, kind of changed my life. I had never visited the Carolinas. I'm a true native New Yorker. Um, though I had been around, traveled around the world, Thailand and Japan and all that stuff, I just never been down south. And uh, I stopped at a gas station and I, I would see these little sides, they boil peanuts, like on the side of the road. Or I would see them inside of gas stations, boil peanuts. But honestly, I'm not a big peanut eater. So I never gravitated towards the peanuts. I don't really eat trail mix. I can't tell you the last time I bought a jar of peanut butter. I'm just, it's not my thing. I'll do walnuts, cactus, right? But, you know, when in Rome, right? So I'm going to try, you know, you see them everywhere. So I took my little first key, get it in a styrofoam cup, and it's in like this kettle and this hot juice, and you, you put it in your thing, and they're wet, and they're savory, and I put it in my mouth, and it was like 
what was that? <laughs> Why have I never had that in my life? That was so good. It's a peanut, but it's savory and it's salty. It's not like anything I've ever had. So I said, okay. So I ate boiled peanuts every single day I was there because they do have a craveable, addictive quality. And that right. could be why they've been around for about 400 years in America. That's why wow. we call it America's best kept secret because they've literally been in America for 400 years. So I go back upstate, you know, go back, you know, home to the north and I'm looking for boiled peanuts because they have this craveable thing about them. Could okay. not find them any place. Um, so I said, you know, I'll make my own. So I started making my own, but I'm from New York, so I don't, you know, I don't, I have a different, you know, I was looking for recipes and seasonings and how do you cook them? Because like, well, I've never heard of, even heard of a boiled peanut. Nevertheless, make a boiled peanut. Is there, so, a, uh, is there a good like cookbook on boiled peanuts or is there like uh, some outline that like, here's how you make your best boiled uh, peanuts and that became your, your cooking source? Well, actually, I'm glad that you asked me that. Um, in doing my research, I, um, I started it just started getting really interesting, right? So I'm, I'm, you know, and in, 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 in being an engineer by trade, I'm kind of like trying to connect all the dots. So I'm lo looking at this recipe over here and looking at that recipe and looking how they cook. You know, and I'm looking at, and for some reason, I just became enthralled in this like world of, I want to know more about this product. So I, <laughs> you know, I studied everybody's cooking method. I studied everybody's recipe from, you know, national, international recipes to American recipes, because believe it or not, boiled peanuts, the boiling of peanuts is much like soccer, very popular around the world, not so much in America, right? So, okay. soccer is getting much more interesting now. It's a, just like the boiled peanuts is about to get more, much yeah, more well, interesting. It's like a messy Dixie like resurgence, I guess. I think so. We'll I think we'll so. The movement. Well, yeah, okay, cool. So, 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 what I did was I, after researching everybody's um, recipes and seasonings okay. and stuff, I kind of put it all together and created my own artisanal cooking process. I, I, I found my own seasoning. So it's not a Cajun flavor. It's a New York twist because I'm a New Yorker. I'm not from the South. So I put my own little twist on things. And I said, you know what? If I like them this much, somebody else is going to like these things, right? Mm -hmm. So I said, you know what? It's springtime. How am I going to, in, in, I am an engineer by trade. Never in my life have I thought to set up a tent at a farmer's market. Never crossed my mind. But you're still time, working full time? We still huh? working full time while you were doing yeah. this? Yeah, I was working full time and I was giving everybody in my apartment building um, indigestion because I was get, making them all taste tests taste, taste on my rejects, right? So, I said, you know what? I think this is a good idea, right? And not only in the research as I'm um, researching how to, the recipes and, and, and cooking processes, I found something. I found that boiled peanuts were non-GMO, gluten-free, cholesterol-free, soy-free, vegan, high in minerals and folic acids and magnesiums. And I'm like, Ding, ding, da, ding, ding, ding. Isn't that what we're all doing right now? <laughs> like, isn't right. everybody doing that? More people should know about this because it is truly a meat alternative because it's savory. It has texture to it and so on and such forth. And then, as I'm finding out about all the wonderful health benefits, then I find out that the bull peanut's been around for 400 years. Gotcha. Well, you see people on the street, uh, either at at uh, you know sporting events 
where you see somebody like pulled up with like a little and they're in their uh they're heating up peanuts. Are they doing boiled peanuts or they're doing fried? Like what's like the what's like mainstream right now if you're like walking down New York City and somebody's selling peanuts? Is it fried? No, Is no, it boiled? No, no, no. Um Americans yeah, and this is only America. If you do little research, um, we really the only ones that kind of roast our peanuts, dry roast our peanuts. And right. I'll tell you something. I'll give you a little thing. When you dry roast a boiled peanut, I mean, when you dry roast a raw peanut, you lose properties in the peanut antioxidants. So in the drying process, but guess what? Gotcha. In the boiled peanut, you have four times the amount of antioxidants because. When you're boiling the peanut, nothing is lost. It just keeps recirculating in the shell. So you literally have four times the amount of antioxidants in a pot full of protein and magnesium and folic acid and all that good stuff. Um, gotcha. So, so when I realized that it had lakes with the history, this very compelling story of Africans coming to America on the slave ship with peanuts in their braids, in our hair, and brought peanuts to America... And then that, oh, that yeah, yeah, that became a big crop. That's how they got here on in the in the in the hair of, of of slaves. As we braided our hair, we put the peanuts in our hair because we boiled peanuts in Africa, and they boiled peanuts in China, and they boiled peanuts in Thailand, and they boiled peanuts in Brazil. And the Africans knew that was a substantial uh, product, something that would keep. They didn't know where they were going when they got on ships. Remember, they didn't know what land they were going to be arriving at, so they took nourishment with them. So when you take a look. At when you take a look at, you're an engineer, you're working on all these big projects. The peop, the only people that know about you boiling peanuts might be the people in your building because you're like hustling them as you know, like uh, like taste testers. Did <laughs> uh, the rest did the rest of your friends, family think like, are we with Dixie's going down like a peanut rabbit hole or what? No, just, I didn't. Was, tell, I didn't tell anybody. I did not tell. It was mom's work. But let yeah. me tell you something. Once I figured out the recipe and I and I engineered an artisanal cooking process, I went out and I found a grower and I bought, I found the most premium products. I found a grower and I was so convinced that I had such a good idea. I bought 1,200 pounds of, bo- wow. of raw peanuts, had them shipped to New Jersey, somehow found a refrigerator, a commercial refrigerator to put them in. I bought a tent. I customized the tent at like three o'clock in the morning, like designing it. I have no clue what I'm doing, but it was something that was driving me. I just knew exactly what to do at every turn. It wasn't like, oh, I think I'll maybe. No, it was clear, clear everything that I needed to do. What I did not know what I was doing was that I was actually proving concept, right? I didn't realize realize that part. I set up the tent. You said it's head, that's for the farmer's market, correct? The farmer's market. I signed yeah. up, sorry, I missed that part. I signed up for my first farmer's market, April 28th in New Jersey. I bought a customized tent. I went out there with my little kits and my little pot. Yeah, I have, you know, before I could set up my tent, com- completely erected, somebody was waving $10 in front of me. Please, I haven't seen boiled peanuts in the North ever. It's, you know, been here. And I'm like, huh? I Goodness. sold... Uh, I sold out in two hours at a farmer's market what, in the middle of New Two hours. No, 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 no. The first farmer's market batch. Oh, no, okay. it, but I sold in one in five months. I sold. I made and sold two thousand pounds of boiled peanuts at almost twenty eight dollars a pound at farmers markets in New Jersey. 
That's peanuts. It sounds like, it, uh, <laughs> sounds like a Harry. I don't know if you know that the the, uh, the singer songwriter uh, Harry Chapin back in the day, but he had uh, had the song was like forty thousand pounds of bananas. So I think they'll write. They have to do a re- rewrite of that song with twenty, you know, two thousand pounds of peanuts. Yeah. Um, so so as you so when did you decide? Hey, this is going to be a full time job, and I'm giving up my you know, my, my corporate position and, and everything that goes along with that? Um, uh, f- from the very first farmer's market. I, once, oh, wow. I had a hunch. I had this hunch. I spent thousands of dollars on tents and labor. I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew how to do it. I don't know yeah. how I knew how to do it. I knew every step that needed to take place in order. I don't know how. I really can't even. I can't tell you. Well, it sounds like you got some entrepreneurial DNA that probably <laughs> probably so. Someone on the somewhere on the uh, on the strand. Yeah. That, yeah. You, exactly. On um, the DNA, uh, you know, genome. Well, kind of just took that around. Even working my nine to five, and I probably shouldn't say this out loud. Even if I worked a nine to five, I've always had a side hustle. My, you know, we. Coming from an entrepreneurial family, you know, I had a spa at one time. We, you know, I designed T-shirts. Any, my mom, you know, we were taught to always have multiple streams of income. And so for me, I didn't know it was going to turn into a full-time job. I just thought it would be something to hustle up just to make a couple extra bucks, you know, during versus sitting in the house. It was just right after the pandemic. And when I got such a reaction with people stopping their cars to come get boiled peanuts because it was one of two things. It was either number one, they had a nostalgic attraction to it because they mm-hmm. had them in Brazil or Thailand or down south. They could not believe they were seeing them in New Jersey and were drawn to me because of nostalgia. Or I had this discovery. I didn't even know you could boil a peanut. Why does it look like a peanut and taste like a bean? And it was in and, and it's beautiful to see because you see somebody remembering something that feels good to them. Or you witness somebody discovering something brand new that tastes good, and then yeah. they buy it. I have a ninety-seven percent conversion rate. If you try it, you buy it. Like it's. I always, I always want to be in businesses that make people happy. Right, and yeah. I was having more fun okay. watching them eating my product than they were, they were and eating That's the awesome. product. <laughs> this is Pete Moore. I want to let you in on a little secret. There's this company called Promotion Vault, and what they do is they give out rewards from retailers that allow you to incentivize your members without having to do zero down and one month free or giving away shakes or giving away T-shirts. What you want to do is build a rewards program that lasts, that people value, and that doesn't discount your own products and services. So here's the deal. There's something called Rewards Vault. The Rewards Vault is going to allow a member to set up their own profile. They are going to answer questions. You are going to get those answers. You're going to be able to target those members and you're going to reward them inside your club, inside your spa, and outside of the club and outside of the spa to get them to become loyal, to get them to pay their monthly dues, and to be rewarded properly for the actions. A lot of companies are cutting back on rewards. You shouldn't be. Promotion Vault's your answer. Trust me, this is real. So, so what, so talk us through, so you, so you got the market validation, you know, if we're thinking about for on, on the business side, I think a lot about business is about a feeling and, and like you have inertia, you have momentum in your body and your mind kind of tells you like, let's keep going because we're getting proof of concept that we're getting positive, 
you know, uh, uh, responses here. Yeah. So what, what, what was the next step for you to say, Hey, I got to go and take a certain amount of money. I got to go buy inventory. I got to look at my processing costs. I got to hire somebody, you know, how did, how did that kind of evolve and what decisions did you make? And then any of those decisions you say, Hey, I, I hired the wrong person first, or this was a great hire. Uh, because I look at a lot of companies just as an aside for our audience where, you know, they've got an amazing product and they hire like another developer or an engineer, but they don't have a salesperson or they don't have a head of business development. It's like, you know, you got to toggle between production and sales. Right. Um, and I think that's where some things get kind of caught up. So how did you kind of manage through that, you know, instinctually, where'd you go with it? And I'll stop there. So after the farmer's market season, like around September, it starts getting cold up here. So I said, okay, well, what am I going to do now? I, I'm, I'm getting customers delivering boiled peanuts at nine o'clock at night to my regular customers. It, it, I didn't, I didn't really know. I, I thought, okay, I'll go into a restaurant. I'll do a brick and mortar. I'll establish a brick and mortar and, and do all of that. Right. And, 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 and establish my, my very local customer base. And then I sat back and I looked at the market. I looked at what was going on in this world and I said, I can put these on a shelf. I can put these good peanuts on somebody's shelf. And I go into the supermarkets and I say, if everybody can put all these products on a shelf, I can put a product on a shelf. I got something ain't nobody, nobody's ever had before. Why not? Right. Of course, me dreaming big. Um, so I said, well, how do, how do I put it on a shelf? Me going back to solving a problem. If I want to get it on a commercial shelf in a store, in a restaurant, I mean, uh, in a supermarket, how do I do that? So I work myself backwards and, you know, manufacturing and distribution, all these words started coming up that I wasn't really familiar with. And um, I just so had, I, but, but I, but I also know that if you keep talking and pecking and following the breadcrumbs with intention in mind, the answer comes, right? Sure. And so, um, because this is just going to be a wonderful, beneficial product for everybody. I, I see a lot of people from the gym that will come right from the gym, right over to my tent because it's high in protein and high in fiber and all the good salts. And it fills you up. It gives you a satiety without feeling full, right? So I have a lot of right, athletes. Right. I have a lot of like karate, you know, people that burn a lot of energy because it, it literally gives it right back to them in a very pure and natural way, right? So when I realized that I had this wonderful product, how do I get it on the shelf? How do I get all those labels? How do I get the nutritional stuff labels in the back? And what are those little symbols and signs? How do I get those on the bottom of my bag, right? I'm just, I don't know. I have no clue what I'm doing. So I started asking questions, but I'm smart. I'm, you know, I'm not dumb. I'm, you know, I'll figure it out, right? <laughs> One thing I know is I'll figure it out. I'm, thinking it fun. I'm asking everybody. And I found that if you speak with people with sincerity and humbly, um, and you apologize for your ignorance uh, in advance. Most people are willing to help you with information. But yeah, no, I, I see that about most industries. You know, when somebody calls and says, hey, should I do this franchise in whatever brand? I'm like, in the back of a franchise disclosure document is every phone number of every franchisee. Call them up and you ask them one question. If you could do this again, would you do it again? Yeah. And it will give you the, the, the truthful answer on that. And that'll be your tell. Yeah. And I do think that you could get a lot of information out of people if, you know, look, every entrepreneur wants to help another entrepreneur, yeah. um, you know, because they feel like, you know, I've been through this movie before. Okay. Let me try and keep somebody else out of, you know, some of the issues that I created for myself. For sure. Right. So I agree. Yeah. Um, but I still didn't know 
how I was going to still asking all the questions. I came to the conclusion that I need to get somebody to actually manufacture the product because I cooking it in one store and one restaurant is never going to work. Um, right. So I found my way to Cornell, right? The Cornell's Food Innovation Center. I asked wow. him, how does this work? I need to get on a shelf. But I kind of, because I've never done a food product before, I needed hunting and pecking with independent consultants was wasting me money. I can't tell you how many thousands of dollars I've wasted. Great question. Did you go to Cornell? Were you an alumni there? No, or you just no, went there no, no. I found that they had a program. I called I called a, a food scientist, right? And I, and I, I sent it, we signed NDAs and I told him what I was doing. He says, oh, you need to go to Rutgers. But Rutgers wouldn't accept and they, they have a product development departments within these food science, you know, there's only a few like commercial, like, like, the, like, like internships no, or no, like, no, 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 they're actually, no, 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 no. They actually have places. I'll speak for, for, for Cornell for myself, where you, you, you actually get a, a pilot production plan. Right. And they've helped you figure out how to scale and optimize your product and your certifications and your shelf. You pay for that? Of course. You pay for oh, that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You pay for it. You pay for and it. You, have, you have current students that are working on it, or do you have like the professors no, or professors researchers? Oh, wow. Yeah. The, oh, the cool. full scientists, the full doctors of this, the full operation managers for the plants. And we're figuring out what pot do we need? How, you know, I'm describing my artisanal cooking process and they're figuring out what, how we're going to fi figure the safety guidelines out and how we're going to get the, the shelf life up with the goal. You know, we set mm. the, the shelf life goal in and just work back from there. So. Okay. I didn't know mm -hmm, that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, 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 I actually am set to, to boil my very first batch of boiled peanuts in North America next month at Cornell University. <laughs> That's awesome. So and I'm doing where I'm at the product, I'm gonna be at the full full size production plant um next month. Um and That's awesome. so so when I realized that I had this commercially viable product and it just got confirmed by a higher authority that this can actually we can make this into something, right? We can actually make it shelf lifeable, whatever that right word is. Um I, I reached out to a franchise company because what I realized is that the tent that I set up in the farmer's market served two things, three things. Number one, it was taste test. People could actually, because most Americans have never tasted of all peanuts. I was actually able to taste test. I was actually able to provide a level of education to just walk or buys and, let, and, 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 and also free advertising. So I said, if I was to take this right. model, I could take this model and this whole farmer's market tent with, with the way that I have it set up um, and I could put it in a mall. I could put this in, a, in an arena. This can for sure go in Yankee Stadium. This can for sure go with Mets Arena. Like, what are we talking? Like, absolutely. People would, because they like it over here and they like the whole aesthetic of it. So I contacted a franchise company. They thought it was amazing. They said, you are You've you've come to us with a unique product offering, and we can for sure yeah. see this going nationwide. So they developed yeah. a, a develop a, a plan um, to franchise Dixie Grace's boiled peanuts, but at the very core level of it is community, right? Because because that farmers market sits in the middle of my neighborhood, and those customers were my neighbors, right? Sure, sure. And they were eating off my table as far as I was concerned, right? And 
I had, I was at a farm and my table's always full. Everybody wants to know about a wall clean. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to see. We're actually going to record it soon. And I had an older couple, older black couple come over to me. They were at the same farmer's market and they had no buyers. Lady comes over to me. She says, what are you selling over here? And I said, well, peanuts. And I'm thinking she's heard of these things before. She's older black American woman, you know, never heard of them. She's native New York like me, never heard of them, you know, right? So she said, do you think we could take your tent, her and her husband, and go to the, the, the county fair with it and make some money? And I said, oh my God, what we're going to do is boil peanut carts, like in the hot dog cart in New York City, where you get a boiled peanut cart, you take it to the farmer's market, you take it to the concert, you take it wherever you, and what it does is that I call it actually accessible franchising because the barrier, the entry is the entry barrier is low and the buy-in barrier is low, right? So you come in, you'll take, even if you just worked it on the weekends, that extra five or 600 bucks can make all the difference in a family, right? You are in the community, you're keeping the dollar circulating in the community and you're making money for your family in a very honest and fun and legal way, right? So- Did you end up doing, did you end up actually setting up a franchise franchise document or are you, are you like reselling, are you wholesaling it to people and they're going out and doing but that? But we're actually still in our um, very beginning stages, right? So I'm doing my very first commercial batch at Cornell next week. That still has to be uh, optimized, right? We still got to scale that. Um, and funding and all these things need to come in, right? So I'm in the I'm in the pre-seed stage. I've kind of bootstrapped this whole thing to this point, you know, the whole point, bootstrapped this whole thing. And I'm at the pre-seed gotcha. stage. I said, okay, how am I going to raise money to take this national? I don't have a lot of family. I don't really even have a lot of friends. I've been working from one business company to the next company every two years. So I didn't really set roots. You know, I was in, you know, Seattle for one year and then moved to Georgia or moved to, you know, Qatar for another. So I didn't set roots. And I said, well, the only way I could think of raising money is to do like a crowdfund or a private placement. So I set up the company, um, jumped on WeFunder, ran into a gentleman by the name of uh, Mike Curry, who's a branding... Specialist in, in brand management, um, and he introduced me to Alex Bayer, who's you know raises money on WeFunder. We got talking, yeah. and uh, raising the money on WeFunder, you know, seems to be the way to go. I'm looking to to put my you know flag in the sand, and 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 because I don't really have any competition. There's nobody else out there competing with me necessarily for the bull peanut, right? There is one guy, but he's been in business for a very long time, and there available below the Mason-Dixon line. But my goal is to capture all of the population, up, is to um, capture all the states above the Mason-Dixon line. So I have New York, Midwest, and the West. So we look to go to California. What, what, are, you raising, what are you raising on the WeFunder? How much? We're, we literally, like, literally, you- we're literally launching it October. We're launching the WeFund in October. Okay, we have pitch, you know. But this part is the funny part, right? This pre-seed money... Before you launch is the stickiest part that I've experienced, right? Because my friends, the friends know me as being an engineer. They don't know me for boiling peanuts, right? So that's the weirdest question to talk to somebody because now a year later and I'm still 100% at it, like gangbusters. And they're like, are you still boiling peanuts? <laughs> and, and it's a odd conversation to have because they think, I think they think I'm losing. Even my mom is like, you left your six-figure job for boiled peanuts. I said, this is going to all come out in the wash. Don't you worry about it. 
Yeah, good for you. <laughs> this is Pete Moore. Here's the last tip for you of the podcast. We are partnered up with a company called Higher Dose, higherdose.com. They are the leader in workout recovery products, infrared technology, LED light masks, neck enhancers, and other products such as PEMF mats and sauna blankets. If you have not gotten on the workout recovery train yet, your time and your stop is now. You got to get these products in there before these workout recovery and spas end up saturating your market. Having your members walk out of the club and going into one of their locations for 200 bucks per month where they're paying 39 to you. Let's become an expert in workout recovery if we are already an authority in workouts. Higher dose, check it out. There's a wholesale code, and we look forward to helping you augment your products and services to meet the demands of your members. And hey, let's get people happy, healthy, and sweating, and the recovery should be just as good as the workout. Let me go through a lightning round with you. I want to so we get to know you better. So here, here's a couple of uh, here's a couple of questions for you. So uh, on the exercise side, are you a, are you a morning or nighttime uh, workout person? First thing in the morning, yoga, hot yoga, five thirty six a.m. Awesome. Um, as an entrepreneur, you probably need a little comic relief every once in a while. But are you a comedy or a drama person? I am a comedy person. Awesome. Um, so you're running your own business now. You got OCD or do you try and let things flow? Um, both. I, I know, both. How, okay. I know how to, you know, color in the lines and out the lines. <laughs> right. I got you. I'm colorblind, but I get it. Um, value, value or growth? Um, value or growth. Put that in a sentence. How, what, what is it? How do you, how do I compare the two? Do you want to do you want, like, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, they say, hey, look, I, I'm going to generate as much revenue as I can, maybe regardless of what the profits are, because I know that once I get to a certain scale, like I'll figure out how to make money versus value is like, look, I'm going to make sure that every every farmer's market is is profitable. Um, I'm not going to grow quicker than I, than I feel like I can manage on my own. It's, it's two different philosophies, really, like a private equity. Like if we're, I don't want to take a lot of risk and. And grow the business, and then I don't have supply. Right. Um, but also, having a lot of revenue might be interesting to investors. Some value people might say, "Hey, look, I'd rather you do stay in New Jersey for a year." Um, so it's more of a mindset than it is necessarily a, a descriptor. Right. Well, you know what? Um, I will, if I may, create my own lane, and I will say. I want you to be your own. Yeah, yeah. I want to get to know you on how you think. value and growth because I have figured out a way to re-engineer the delivery mechanism of these boiled peanuts. I've actually taken them from the can, right? They're usually sold in a can or or on the side of the road. And we're going to be putting it in the grab-and-go, eco-friendly, you know, by you know, oh, no. refrigerated section of the supermarket, as well as food service. So why does it need to be refrigerated, by the well, way? They are protein, and um, they're good hot or cold. They're traditionally served warm, but if I'm in the refrigerated section, I'll serve them cold. And it'll say served hot or cold. You can take them home and put them in a bowl and heat them up 30 seconds, you're done. Or you can just grab and go. The goal, the goal is to, to, to connect with the clean living 
on the go, active person that wants to take the walk, that wants protein, a savory protein, and on their way to the train station or on the way to the gym, right? Um, so it. my answer is going to be growth and value because I I have to add value. That's, That's who I am. But we got to make some money, so we got to get both of these done at the same time. Okay. And then the last question is, how important was it that you did this after you had all this engineering and project management experience like how much of a better entrepreneur do you think you are at this stage in life versus if you did this 10 or 15 years ago well my customers say i should write a book on how to open a business in 30 days right because they were even shocked at how fast i was moving out there um you know what everything in my entire life has led me to this if that sounds crazy every little piece I don't think it sounds crazy at all. I mean, I think people find their passion and you kind of fall into it in like circuitous ways, it's right? Like, you know, everything I, when I worked, you know, I worked on Wall Street. So I'm, you know, and I worked here and I worked in advertising and every little bit. And, you know, and sometimes, you know, you know, you know, the first half of our life was challenging. So, you know, sometimes I, you know, so, you know, whatever, whatever little things we needed to do, all of those little ticky, ticky things lead me to something right here that, required no extra thought i the path is so clear i yeah. know there's an, i got blinders on there's no other like to the, like i'm going to tell you i get confirmation that this is supposed to happen every time remember i told you that the corner people said you probably you know about manufacturing and all that stuff and they're going to help me optimize it talking to one of the guys and he says, you know, you should really consider self-manufacturing because, you know, you have an allergenic product, you have an artisanal cooking process, and no manufacturer is really going to put up with that. No, no co-man. No sooner than they said that, I went online and found a factory. It was, it, that is ready to, like, it's every little ticky thing that is supposed to happen is happening. It's confirmation every step of the way. There's no, yeah. there's no if, it's just how and when. Awesome. Oh, well, look, I love your enthusiasm. You sounds like you, you found the right, the right path. And now it's just about executing. I, I love the fact that you kind of have seeked out different experts in each corner, if you will, to figure out, Hey, I'm going to go to Cornell. I'm going to figure out how to get them to focus on what I'm doing. I'm going to get some food scientists. I've gone through the, the, the consultants and, you know, that's not the right route. So it seems like you, you kind of try things, move quickly, pivot, um, but stay on, stay on course and, and create a big company. So love the fact that you're doing it. Uh, once you get the product out there on the new uh, packaging, if we can be helpful, you're trying to get that into some of the uh, health club operators that we, uh, that we work with and, um, you know, uh, give you some, uh, give you some uh, commercialization of it, uh, you know, through our Halo talks along the way. It'd be thank awesome. You, thank you. Thank you. That would be wonderful and a blessing. See, more confirmation. There you go. All right. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Thank you so much.